0: So he's making a startling announcement because the disciples thought, hey, something is happening. They thought he's going to build a kingdom. But he tells them, guys, it's time for me to go by. said, what? Lord, you just started working. You said you're going to build your kingdom. There's just a few of us, 11, 12 of us and some more who come up with us. You haven't started building your kingdom yet. You we are a small band. You see those religious leaders, they're out to get us. You can't just leave us. But Peter might be, I thought, but Lord, And you know, I left my business and I had a good fishing business and have, I've come after you and you're, you're going. So what will you do? You were the man we could always turn to. You remember those 5,000 people where we had no money to buy food and you gave them food. You know? Remember, Lord, we were in the storm and we were scared and you just said, stop and it stopped. You can't just go away like that. And you remember, Lord, the people who got healed, people who would come, you would touch them. They got healed. The blind were seeing, and the lame started walking. The demonic were released. People were being set free. How can you go? You know, Lord, after many years, after 400 years, we started hearing the voice of God again. Because there was a time of silence. And now, through you, God is speaking to us. We don't want you to go. We want to to hear the voice of God. And they were stressed. You know, they can say, We can see hope now. We can see that something new is happening in Israel. And we have a hope that something good is going to come. Lord, there is a momentum that is building. You said you're going to build your kingdom. And now the king is leaving. What's happening, Lord? Lord, don't you remember Zacchaeus? You know how his life changed. Or look at Matthew, this tax collector. You know, look at his life. There are many others, Lord. You can't go now. The blind eyes are open. The deaf hear. The lame walk. The demon is set free. But then Jesus tells him something. He says in. John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's for your advantage that I'm leaving. What? I mean, Jesus, what better than you can happen to us? And you're telling me, you're telling us, that it's your advantage that I'm going. You're the best thing that happened to us. What can be even better than having you with us always then he adds the reason he adds the reason why it is to our advantage that he is going away and that thing that he adds in the same verse is one of the most important foundational truths of the christian gospel he says in verse 16 john 16 verse 7 he goes to says For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. I'll read it again. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And I think we need to understand this truth about the helper. The, the Greek word he used is parakletos, the one who comes along with us. Now, why is it an advantage with us? What would have happened if Jesus had not gone away? He would have been in Jerusalem, you know, there, that's it. He would have just lived there. His ministry probably would be then limited to Jerusalem. Or Israel, and so to meet Jesus, you had to go to him. If you want to learn from Jesus, you had to go to the Mount, sit there and listen to him, or you had to go to the synagogue, and listen to him. You had to go to the places where he taught. You had to listen, watch, and saw how he lived and observed. So, if someone wants to listen to Jesus, get a flight to Israel. You, know? <laughs> you go there. You listen to Jesus, and then you come back and you say, oh, but I have a doubt now. What do you do? Get the next flight to Jerusalem. No. You see the problem there. Because he could only be in one location. He could not be around the world. If you have a doubt, if you have a trouble, go to Jerusalem. Lord, I have a problem with my workplace. I need to talk to you. Well, he's not here. He's in Jerusalem. Lord, I have a problem with my finances. You know, I need to discuss with you. I need to talk to you about this. I have to go there. But with the Holy Spirit, he's been sent. And he's everywhere. The Spirit of Christ is everywhere. You read that in John 14, 16. And I'll pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The word another, there are two Greek words for that. Another could be "allos" or heteros. No, alos means another of the same kind. And the word here, heteros, means another of a different quality. So, for example, if you have a, a, a road to a place... You can, say, you can go another way. That is another road of the same kind. But you can also go in the back way, which is a terrible road. That is hitter roads. Okay. So when Jesus said, I will send you another helper, he was telling, I will send you another one who is of the same kind as me. When he spoke about the Holy Spirit, he said, it will be like me with you. It will be like another person, the same as Jesus. So he told them, Look, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going away, but I'll send you another aloes, the same nature as me. So it'll be like another me, says Jesus. It will be like me walking among you. The Holy Spirit is here. It's like Jesus is here. It's like me healing. It's like me teaching. It's like me delivering. It's like me wiping tears. It's like me strengthening. It's like me comforting. It's the same Spirit of Jesus. So when we have the Holy Spirit among us, we have Jesus among us because it is the Spirit of Christ. So He says, I will not leave you. So we might think, oh, if only I were in the first century, you know, I can go be with Jesus, touch Him, hear to Him. But He says, no, you don't have to do that. I'm here through my Spirit. And my being here, the spirit of God being here is the same as Jesus is here. Now that's amazing that he is the one who is with us. So the reason why it's better for us, it's an advantage for us is because now we have access to Jesus always. We don't have to go to Jerusalem. Okay. The second thing, Jesus could not come physically into the hearts of people. Right? People would come, listen to him, understand his teaching. He might touch them, heal them, restore them. But the work in, his, in the heart of people was done by the spirit of Christ. He could not come into them. So the disciples were with him. They learned from him. They observed him. But he didn't physically go into their body. Not possible. Because he's a man at that time. But now because of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Christ can actually come and dwell where In us. We are not separate from, it's not like we are observing Christ. It's like Christ in us. The hope of glory. The spirit of Christ in us. In us. Can we even understand that? The Holy Spirit living in us. And he works there, right? Because in John 14, 17, he says, For he dwells with you, which was the present tense at that time, and he will be in you. In you. I was listening to this uh, business person as a management in one of his talks. He said, you know, I got, he got the award for some top management award. So he said, I already have an advantage because I have the Holy Spirit in me. The others can't compete against me. Because I have the Holy Spirit in me. It's not because of me. It's the Holy Spirit in me. He gives me wisdom. He gives me faith. Tells me what you do. Amen. So we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, and He says He'll be there in the future. So why do we need the Holy Spirit? Why do we need Him? Jesus, it is for your advantage that I'm going. I will send you the Helper. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? John 16, He says the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. Now, I'm doing a study on the Holy Spirit online and he says... Of man is extremely wicked. I know that left to myself, my heart is extremely wicked. And I need someone inside who knows my heart, who says, Look, I think you have missed the mark there. I think you need to come back. And so the Holy Spirit is inside. I need the Holy Spirit. To show me when I miss the mark. Because without him, I will stray and go my way. And as I read the word, as I meditate on the word, I want the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit inside me to show me where I am missing the mark. The other thing it says in that is that he will convict the world of righteousness. And that, that, per, that, that study, he says, is, that is what the mark should be. On one side, the Holy Spirit shows me you missed the mark. And then he shows me this is the right mark. And ultimately, I need him so that I can become like Christ. That Christ will be formed in me. Because otherwise, I might think that I'm doing a lot of ministry. Don't you know I'm working among the poor? I <laughs> must be good. And then the spirit of God says, you know, you think you are better than the other person, right? <laughs> As someone said, oh, I'm so proud of my humility. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, I don't have fancy car, like whatever. You, know? you lost it, lost it. So you need the Holy Spirit to say, look, your ultimate mark is Jesus Christ. And that's how I can measure and say, am I growing spiritually? Somebody asked me, how do you measure whether you're growing spiritually? What's the degree? You know, can you measure it with a thermometer or whatever? But the answer is, are you becoming like Christ? Then you're growing. And the Holy Spirit has to constantly show us this is a mark. And that's a lifelong process. And I need the spirit of God because, you know, I can surround myself with people who are of a certain level and I can think, look, this is the mark. I'm fine, you know, I think I'm doing well. And we can all pat ourselves on the back and say, oh, you're doing well, how are you, brother? I'm fine, you know. The spirit of God is say, no. <laughs> it catches, you know. not saying he's walking with a stick to hit us, you know, but he gently leads us into the image of Christ. That's the second reason why I need him. But the third thing, again John 14 12, Jesus tells the disciples, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do. He was telling that about people like us. People who believe in Jesus. He says you're going to do greater works than me. What? (laughs) Me? (laughs) Me? But that's his promise. And that's his prophesy. And you see things happening around the world. Greater things are happening. Absolutely. Whole nations have been transformed by the power of the gospel. Whole nations have been transformed. And Jesus, through his spirit, in his disciples, is doing amazing things. Much greater than what happened in the first century, right? But to do those mighty works, we cannot do it with our human hand, our human strength. We need supernatural strength. The previous president of India, S. Radha Krishnan, who studied in Vuri's College in Vellore, actually, he said Christians are ordinary people with extraordinary claims. But I would add one more, saying Christians are ordinary people with an extraordinary God and who will work through them. Mighty miracles. But for that to happen, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it by ourselves. We need someone else. A person who fills us who fills us and we need him you know, something happened last week i'll say it for the glory of god one of my colleagues uh, who is a believer from a different faith background is married to someone who is from a different faith background but this guy is a believer so his wife's sister had a bad had a kidney stone and it got infected with a bacteria that was resistant to almost all antibodies so they did the procedure, removed the stone, put a stent. Then she went into sepsis. That means there's bacteria in the blood. She was quite sick. So he prayed. So he told his wife, look, you have to pray to Jesus. Only he can. So she said, okay, just pray. And anyway, when she got better, went home, then they said the stent has to be removed because of the risk of infection. So they removed it. After a few days, she developed pain again because there are these small stones left. Because they crushed it and they removed almost everything. Usually the small stones go away. But there are a couple of small stones left there. So we were traveling and then he got this call saying, he, she's got fever again. She's got pain where the kidney is. And if there is another infection with this bug, which can be quite difficult to treat. And everybody was tensed. So as we traveled in the train, I said, look, Brother, let's pray. So we prayed a simple prayer. I don't even remember what I prayed. And then uh, left it. So yesterday I asked him, What happened? He said, The next day morning, two stones came out. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Urine culture, normal. She's fine. She's gone to her place. Hallelujah. So he told them, Jesus healed you. <laughs> we prayed for you. He's alive. His spirit is at work. His spirit is at work. I was talking to a patient two weeks ago, or three weeks ago. She said, um, I don't know whether they said that story here. The lady who was in the ICU? No. She was sharing her problems, you know. She said, my husband is abusive and I got troubles. <clears throat> and she was upset. So she's, she's a Hindu lady. So I told her, look, is there anyone in the world with no problems in life? She said, no. I also have problems in life. Shall I tell you what I do when I have problems in life? I go home and I pray to Jesus. And he gives me peace. I said, you can't buy peace with money. You know, I can't give you a prescription for peace. He <laughs> said, yeah, you're right. So then she told a story. She said, about 10 years ago, I got so upset, I drank some liquid to kill myself. She was admitted in CMC and was in a coma for two weeks. And she said, at the end of two weeks, I saw a man coming near my bed. And she told me that was Jesus. And he healed me. I could see the tracheostomy mark on her neck. Then I said, oh. She said, I'm alive because of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Lady in coma. Nobody even then spoke to her. She goes, you speak to a lady in coma. But the Holy Spirit is at work. Amen? Amen? But he wants to do greater things. And he does this through ordinary people like us. you know. Weak, but clean vessels in the hand of God. And when we give ourselves to him, He will do mighty things, absolutely mighty things. But we need the Holy Spirit. That's why, if you read Acts 1, 4 and 5, what did Jesus tell them when he's about to leave? And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. He commanded them, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus commanded them to wait. He said, Look, there is a huge work to be done. The whole world has to be reached. We just started small. And I'm going to use you guys. So he says, But you, I'm commanding you, wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to fill us. And to use us and to build his kingdom. You know that Reinhard Bonke, the great evangelist, passed away last week. I was seeing one of his last interviews when he says, you have the Holy Spirit and purpose. Purpose without the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit without purpose is meaningless. But when you have the Holy Spirit and purpose together, that is the way it should be. He is given to us as a gift. As a gift, as Paracletos, God didn't say that we will not have problems in this world, but He says, "I will be with you. I will be with you, and He will be." He will be. Shall we pray?